Now it's bright. Oh, that makes one thing bright. Welcome to the show. Is Nicolas Cage overrated? Uh, that's my question. Why do you like Nicolas Cage? I'm not a big fan of Cage. I never really was at the beginning. Tracy Morgan is just uh, no disrespect tonight in Huntington, New York. Tracy Morgan. Is it several? Is it several? Is it several? Tracy Morgan. Ah, oh, we're back. Sorry, guys. See, I, I figured out a way to get around this whole frame rate thing. I figured it out, guys. It's not my computer. It's not the internet. What happens is, I know you can hear me fine right now, so if you're listening to this on the podcast the next day, you hear this fine. But if you're watching this, you might be a little frustrated because of uh, the frame rate issue. But I figured it out. If I start the show 10 minutes early with like a standby card, they call that, in the biz, we call that a card. If you leave it going, it'll get through that little hump Every time, there's like this little hump in the beginning of the show. See, I use my problem-solving ability, my innate I use deduction. I use logic and reasoning to figure out this. But uh, it failed me because I was, I was too late. So it's usually around minute seven. So what I got to do is just let the show run for like ten minutes. Oh, the cops are coming. Ah, it's Friday night in Los Angeles, so what you're going to hear over and over again are sirens. Especially if you live by Sunset Boulevard, which I actually do. I live in uh, essentially Hollywood, but to be more specific, I live in Los Feliz. But to be even more specific, I live right on the border of Little Armenia, Thai Town, and Los Feliz. And uh, if you've ever been to Los Angeles, I, those are all really cool. Thai Town is right here. And let me tell you something. There are every type of Thai food... You can imagine, there's vegan Thai food, there's this Thai food, there's that Thai food. It's all Thai food. It's all great. It has to be good in order to be in Thai town. But all these restaurants are like one right next to each other. So I never get tired of Thai food because there's so much of it available and it's always good. It's always good. It has to be good. And right over there is Little Armenia where uh, System of Down is from. Remember System of Down? Remember that group? Remember those kids? If you've listened to uh, the Machine Gun Kelly does a cover of that song. Guys, first of all, I'd like to say, I'd like to announce here on Aristotle Full Throttle, you'll be the first to hear this actually, I can do anything Machine Gun Kelly can do. All right? I may not be able to land a date with Megan Fox, but I can do everything else that Machine Gun Kelly... You give me something that Machine Gun Kelly has ever done, and I tell you, I could do it, and I probably can do it better. Machine Gun Kelly, I'm calling you out. I mean, he seems like a nice enough guy. But if you listen to that cover of Ariel's, it was on the Howard Stern show a couple weeks ago. I mean, Machine Gun Kelly, stick to doing whatever it is you do. Nobody really knows what you do here. So just uh, Machine Gun Kelly, please, you know, stay laying low. Just wear your tattoos and play Tommy Lee in movies. That's fine. We're okay with that. If you want to be in Bird Box, go ahead. Be in Bird Box. Burbank. Bird Box. Here's a joke from Seth Fleischauer. Uh, where do polar bears keep how do the, how do polar where do polar bears keep their money cold? I think that's how it goes. In the Burbank. Thank you. Thank you. Well, 
I gotta say that uh, Nicolas Cage, I saw him in that movie, The Unbearable Weight of a, a Massive Talent. I saw it the other day. I saw an advanced screening of it. It was actually pretty uh, cool to get in. free tickets from Lionsgate. They emailed me and I said, I'll take those tickets. I, I swapped, I, uh, I uh, swooped them up real quick. Scooped them up. That's the word I'm looking for. Real quick and uh, got to see that movie. And uh, I talked about that. On yesterday's show, I talked about it a little bit on the day before. And, uh, you know, Nicolas Cage, he's good. I believed him when he was playing Nicolas Cage. He plays Nicolas Cage in that movie. He also plays Nicky Cage in that movie. Also, I believed him. I was like, oh, it's Nicolas Cage. I believe that. And they show clips of his old movies and all that stuff. Must have been, they must have been all Lionsgate movies. Because then they probably got the rights easy. All the movies that Nicolas Cage has done for Lionsgate. When I was a kid, I loved that movie Raising Arizona. Except his voice was we- his his accent was weird. And then he did another movie called Moonstruck. He did Moonstruck. Snap out of it. With Cher, where, where she won an Oscar. She won a Best Actor Actress Oscar for that. And uh, Mr. Nicolas Cage was in that movie, and he was uh, he had a, like he was supposed to have a New York accent, you know. And it was kind of like it's kind of weird because like Cher and Nicolas Cage and. I don't know if either of them are from New York originally. I don't think they are, but you can kind of tell <laughs> if you are from New York. You can hear the, you know, it may be a little bit inauthentic, except Olivia Dukakis, she's amazing in that movie. Um, but, you know, Olivia Dukakis is just one of the most amazing people that is the sister of a former presidential candidate who lost his whole campaign uh, because he rode around in a tank wearing a helmet. It wasn't a good look for the guy. Anyway. The point is, is Nicolas Cage good or is he bad? Or is he just Nick Caging it all? What is it? Are you going to go see Tracy Morgan tonight? Is it Tracy is Morgan? It is it Tracy Morgan? Is it I don't know. I don't know. Nicolas Cage, though, I, I mean, I think about the movies he's in. and uh, Con Air. Remember Con Air? Yeah, I remember Con Air. Every, every movie's got, like, those sincere... Oh. <sighs> Is he a good actor or is he just screaming? Does he just scream a lot? He was in a movie called Mandy. That was crazy. He was like OTT. If you don't know what OTT stands for, it stands for over the top. But it was great. It was it, the role called for extra. When you have a role that calls for calls for extra, uh, just call up Nicolas Cage. He'll he'll do it for. I think he does it for cheap nowadays because he was uh, he was hard up for cash for a while and uh, now he does it for cheap he'll just go ahead and hey Nicholas Cage we're shooting a we're shooting a TikTok you want to do it how much are you going to pay me I don't know it's Jolly Ranchers and and uh, M&M's I'll do it Nicholas Cage man Raccoon Raiders let's play your intro let's see what happens if we try to play your intro It's always fun and entertaining to watch those. I actually, while that was playing, it's such a long intro that I, I just was off in a daydream. 
I was lost in a dream, as they the band The War on Drugs sings about. Good song. I recommend that band. Ah, bands. I'm actually going to go see Royal Blood in about a week and a half. I can't wait. On Cinco de Mayo. Almost two weeks, actually. So if you've never heard of Royal Blood, check them out. Pretty good. Pretty good. It was very sad today. I logged into my Ticketmaster because I wanted to see if there was any heavy metal and rock and concerts coming up. And uh, I went to my, the My Tickets section of Ticketmaster and I saw the Foo Fighters canceled. They refunded the Foo Fighters and canceled that concert. and just made me think more about Taylor Hawkins, the drummer. Oh, good golly. It's just such a weird thing to think of him in the past tense. That band seemed like they had a good, another good 20 years in them. And I just don't know. It's just never, Foo Fighters just never going to be the same. What are they going to, who are they going to get to play drums now for if they, you know, I don't know. It's not even the point. The point is, uh, he just seemed like a cool dude. The whole chemistry, the whole thing. Those guys must be so devastated. It's, it's unreal. And I'd seen the movie. What was it? Uh, 666, Record Hotel 666. And I, I saw that movie with uh, the Foo Fighters, and they played themselves in that movie. Speaking of playing yourself, you played yourself, son. Another one. You know, uh, Nicolas Cage playing himself was pretty impressive. He was good. The dude looks pretty good. He's 58. Uh, you know, hair. the hair transplants are holding up. He's got a better hairline than he's ever had. It's kind of interesting how that happens in Hollywood, huh? I could say that. I look at people's haircuts. I look at their hairlines. You know, I'm a man in Hollywood. I work on uh, movies sometimes. Sometimes I take my picture. You got to worry about that stuff sometimes. And I don't know. I just like to go out in the sun and go to the beach. And it, it doesn't really matter too much to me, generally. But they, you know what they say. Brown don't frown. Right? Not going to get too many wrinkles. Hopefully. Anytime soon. <clears throat> I think I have a wrinkle. I think I have one wrinkle. Well, here we are, you and me, and Tracy Morgan. Is there several? It's Tracy. You know, I believe Tracy Morgan changed his name to Tracy Morgan because, um, forget what it was, so he could get like an earlier slot, because apparently there was like, or he was put on at the end of the night or something like that. He changed his name to more of a neutral sounding name instead of a man, you know. I don't know the, the true story behind that, but I, I believe that he changed his name so that he could get like either bumped up on the list of open mic nights as a comedy comedian or whatever. I don't know. That might just be his name, though. You know, one time I was like walking past um, a barber shop, and on the barber shop pictures of all the different haircuts you can get that one of them was just a picture of tracy morgan smiling so he did a modeling career is tracy morgan's real name tracy morgan tracy jamal morgan that's his name so there you go tracy he played tracy jordan hi big bobo 321 welcome to the show we're just talking about nicholas cage and tracy morgan are they overrated are they underrated or are they just rated just fine a lot of people just go, they go gaga over Nicolas Cage. I don't know why they go gaga over Nicolas Cage. Maybe there's something I'm missing. There's just certain people that just, they, they, people just get blown up. People get excited about, and sometimes I'm just, I'm just not there with them. 
One of those people also was Philip Seymour Hoffman. Don't get it. Never got it. I think his son is a much better actor than he is. His son's in the movie Licorice Pizza. But uh, Tracy Morgan, I think, is very underrated. I think people don't even know how good Tracy Morgan is until, let's say, um, you know, since Tina Fey came along, Tina Fey was like, I'm going to write a whole show. And I'm going to include Tracy Morgan in that show because he's been on Saturday Night Live for all these years. And I think he's hilarious since I'm the head writer, yet nobody really knows how to use him. And let me show you how to use him. Let me show you how to use his comedy uh, timing and prowess. And he was in the show 30 Rock, which I loved. I truly loved the show 30 Rock. I've never finished it. I got like a season and a half to go. I never finished it. There's like... A season and a half, full season and a half to go. And I'm like, I'm savoring it. I watch like two episodes a year <laughs> so that it could last the rest of my life. Another 10 years. Um, Tracy Morgan barbershop photo. Let me see if I can see. If, if I can find that photo of Tracy Morgan on that. Yeah, there it is. One time I was walking by a, a barbershop and there goes Tracy Morgan. Just He's just a model for haircut on barbershop photos. And I was like, that's Tracy Morgan. What's he doing on here? See? You can get this haircut. You could get the Tracy Morgan. You could get the uh, the, the, the the low fade, high top fade. You can get the Tracy Morgan. You could get the uh, Brian Fellows. You could get the Astronaut Jones. <laughs> oh, it's a trap. How am I doing, Big Bobo Three Two Ones asks. I'm doing all right. Um, had a weird week, I think. It was here and there. I was up and down. I had like kind of these weird. Uh, I kind of had these weird th- feelings come up. You know, I don't know why. And it just it just came up. They come out of nowhere. Feelings are irrational by nature. You can't control your feelings. You can control how you react or behave. But you know, sometimes these feelings come up. You're like, ah. I don't like that way that feels. You know? Sometimes you got to go with your gut. Sometimes your gut is telling you something. I had an interesting week. I'll tell you that. I mean, it was good in the beginning. I definitely saw... I went and saw that movie. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent starring Nicolas, Nicolas Cage. Very cool movie. It's very cool. It's it's funny. It's fun. It's not... It's not, um, you know... If you see the movie Adaptation, it's like that, but funny. Adaptation's pretty funny, but it's more of like a drama. It's more of a weird think piece because uh, because uh, Charlie Kaufman wrote that movie. But this movie is, uh, you know, it's interesting. It's an interesting movie. And then Wednesday had an interesting uh, had an interesting night. Ended interestingly. <laughs> The night ended strange. But Wednesday during the day, I got dragged on the internet. I talked about that the other day. If you listen to yesterday's podcast on wherever you get podcasts, just check out Aristotle Full Throttle. Go check it out. Go check it out. Go subscribe. Subscribe if you're on YouTube. Follow if you're on Twitter, Twitch, and Twitter. And also, you know, subscribe if you're on Twitch because then you're supporting the show and I can can deal with getting a new computer. Hey, Judella19, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Here's your intro. We're 
That's a kick. That's a song. I get knocked down, and I get up again. You never, never gonna keep me down. And I get knocked down, and I get up again. Thank you. That's my interpretation on the thumb harp. This is a pretty cool instrument I got. My mom sent it to me. I think in the picture it looked a lot larger. Or. I look a lot larger in real life, and this thing is the size of an actual grand piano. Hello, Judella19. Thank you for joining us yesterday on Yesterday's Show. You can listen to a discussion that Judella19 and I have about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. And I'm seeing all kinds of reactions on the internet. You know, I saw someone post a reaction on the internet. She said, uh, you know, believe women. We should believe women. Um, you know, and she's sick and tired of all these Johnny Depp apologists. And I'm like, okay, you know. That's fine. However, I'm just going to say from personal experience, first of all, I don't know what, who's right, who's wrong in that situation. They seem like both toxic for each other and they should separate. They should never be together. They shouldn't even be in the same room. It's almost as if they're like uh, torturing themselves and each other and the country by like legally making themselves have to be in the same room together. And we're all kind of suffering this weird Stockholm syndrome or something going on with them being in a court and it being sensationalized. It's like, you guys just need to get away from each other. Stop it. Stop this nonsense. But everything that has been described about her behavior reminds me of a, of a ex-partner that I had. And, uh, <laughs> listen, believe women, but also, uh, sometimes you gotta understand that this happens to men too. Um, Yes, so Wednesday, I got dragged on the internet. I had a weird conversation, short conversation, and then the person concluded what they believe my character to be on their Instagram stories in front of 650,000 people. And I didn't appreciate that none too much. But you know what also? People sit there and go like, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me, right? Because they like the attention. I say, hey... Good for you, good for you, good for you to people. I say, hey, look, look at this. I'm not into like the uh, begging for attention through negativity. There's a lot of people who, they get, they're like, I'm sick. If you, you, you know these people, you guys know what I'm talking about. You guys know what I'm talking about. There's the people on the internet that are like, I'm sick again. Oh, I'm dying. I have a cold. And every day they're like, I still stay three of my cold. I feel like I'm dying. And it's like, okay, you got a cold. In a week, you're going to be fine. But um, I don't know. I don't like to drag people into it. There's one time, 10 years ago, I got hit by a car. And I was like, hey, everybody got hit by a car. I was like, oh, like, well, check this out. My hands look like chopped liver. I wasn't like... Woe is me. I got hit by a car. I could have been. I could have got a lot of attention that way, but I didn't. I was like, come on, people. I'm going to be fine. I'll be playing guitar in two weeks. 
even though my fingers look like they're liverwurst. I'll tell you, do you ever get road rash on your hands? Someone the other day asked me if I ride motorcycles. I said, no. They said, why not? I said, because, you know, I don't have time to recover from injuries. It's good. You want to ride motorcycles? That's cool. But me, I just, I prefer my skin on my body. You know, I'm not into, I just, it's like skiing. I talked about that yesterday. I talked, skiing, there's certain things where I will risk life limit injury for fun. But I, I, I don't know. There's certain guarantees <laughs> that you will get injured. And um, motorcycling is, look, do your motorcycling. That's fine. I don't need to. I don't need to. <laughs> I just don't need to. I just think about the one time you, you mess up your leg or you mess up your ankle, you twist your arm, you're trying to lift the bike up. I had to lift, I had to help a guy lift his motorcycle up one time. And I was like, seems like a fun thing to have to do every now and then is call upon random strangers. Can you help me lift my motorcycle up? It fell over. Okay. I'm not making fun of motorcycles, but I'm making fun of them. Um, you know, a lot of people call them donor cycles because, you know, you just smash your head and then your organs are fine to donate. I'm not going to make fun of motorcycles anymore. Yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, yeah, getting back to the topic, Big Bobo 321 has reminded us the topic is... Tracy Morgan, incredible. Yes. Is Nicolas Cage overrated? Big Bobo 321 says they don't think that he is overrated. Big Bobo 321. Nicolas Cage. Is he underrated? Is he not used enough? Because I feel like he did a whole thing that where you, if you hired him, he's going to do whatever he's going to do. And there's something captivating about what he does. He's an Oscar winning actor. He won it for leaving Las Vegas. He does weird stuff. He makes interesting choices. That's what maybe makes him a good artist. That he just decides to go for it. And in this movie, this dude... There are moments where he goes full Nick Cage and you're like, okay, alright, I like it. I like it. He's making fun of himself. He sees the humor and how weird he can be perceived. Um, Chiroptera, welcome to the show. Gotta work on that intro. For Chiroptera. Like skiing, Chiroptera says, like skiing, dune buggy and quad driving activities are too high risk for me. What's Nick Cage's rate? Nick Cage's rate, I said earlier, it was uh, it was Jolly Ranchers and some M&Ms. He'll do a TikTok with you, I think. I think. I'm just speculating. I imagine if I were to ask Nick Cage nicely, stroke his ego a little bit, I'm like, hey man, I really loved you in, you know, guarding Tess. Would you like to do a TikTok with me? Uh, what do, what do I get? I don't know. I want you to do an impression of Elvis. But but and what I mean by that is um just behave like you normally do. And and be an be a guy who talks like Elvis even though you're from like, I don't know, Brooklyn. That's that's my assumption. I uh, I assume that he would do that for me. Corruptor says, I googled it, it says he's 1 million and 12 million. So he's relatively fairly rated. <laughs> Fair enough. He's fairly rated. He's a name. You know, this, it, oh, this, this reminds me. 
about privilege and stuff like that. A lot of people don't know this, which is which is pretty good, I guess, for Nick Cage. He is actually Francis Ford Coppola, the famous Oscar-winning act, uh, Oscar-winning director of The Godfather and The Godfather 2, both of which won Best Picture. Like 1972 Godfather, 1974 Godfather 2, something like that, somewhere around there. Both won Best Picture, both incredible movies. That's Nick Cage's uncle. You know who Nick Cage's uh, aunt is? Aunt, if you want to, I guess. Talia Shire. Adrian from the Rocky movies. That's his aunt. That's Francis Ford Coppola's sister. She's also in the Godfather movies. She plays uh, Michael Corleone's wife. No, sister. His wife is played by... uh, Here we go. Let's do this. Diane Keaton. Um, you gotta watch the Godfather movies. They're good. It's good movies. I, I bring it to you on the day of your daughter's wedding. On the day of your daughter's wedding. It's good. It's good stuff. Um, that's his aunt. You know who his cousin is? You know who Nicholas Cage's cousin is? His his first cousin. His first cousin is uh Jason Schwartzman. Son of Talia Shire, Jason Schwartzman, the drummer for Phantom Planet. Nicholas Cage was born Nicholas Coppola, but he went by Nicholas Cage because he's the Cage man. He's Nick Cage. Uh, but is he overrated? Maybe. Sometimes. How about sometimes? Is that a good answer? Big Bubble 321 says he is not that good, but like, okay, I did not know that. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, I'm glad to have. Uh, bestowed upon you some brand new knowledge but uh so let me see no no i know that sounds bad that wasn't the sound effect i was looking for i was looking for this one nicholas cage might be sometimes overrated but you don't have to take my word for it uh yeah i think so he does come from a privileged family now, guys, I'm, I'm going to talk about some people I know, okay? They went to a very privileged high school. <laughs> These are people I know directly for many, many years. And uh, they're always like, isn't that exciting that our friend just won uh, Winery of the Year in Time Magazine? Isn't that exciting our other friend from high school is uh, one of the, the editors of NPR? Isn't that exciting that another one of our friends is Jeffrey Wright from high school? You know, isn't that great that another one of our friends is... It's a singer for OK Go, and isn't that, isn't, isn't that exciting? Isn't that cool? And I'm just thinking, you know, statistically, that sounds like privilege to me. <laughs> sounds like, it sounds very highly unlikely that all of those people should come from one high school. Unless society is actively boosting this particular group. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not bitter. I'm just saying I got here because I tried myself. I didn't have anybody. I didn't come from any special high school, unless you want to call Bayshore High School special. But uh, it's a little frustrating. It's a little annoying. They're so proud of their high school. It's, but it's like, okay, guys, at what point are you guys just getting hired because you, you went to, like, these Ivy League schools and you, you, went to, you just put this on your resume and your parents were rich and your parents were rich and they could afford this high school. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going off on a tear. So I'm saying Nicolas Cage uh, maybe had a little bit of a leg up getting in movies. 
and got more. He was in The Outsiders, I think. So I think that's directed by Francis Ford Coppola. And he put his little nephew in that movie. And ever since then, Nicolas Cage somehow forged his own way, being weird. Being a weirdo. I think that's really the the trick. You gotta be a weirdo. Look at me. Thank you. Uh, well, I'm just saying. I don't know. Look, Tracy Morgan. That's Tracy Morgan right here. This is him. If, if in like the 90s, you needed to go get a haircut and you saw that whole panel of haircuts you could possibly get, Tracy Morgan was one of them. I remember this when I was a kid. I remember that you could you could get Trace, the Tracy Morgan. He was. This is before he was... On Saturday Night Live, he was just a, I guess, a haircut model. I mean, look at that smile. Can you? Just, I would, I would definitely go into the. I said, give me the Tracy Morgan, give me that one. That's the one I want. He probably got so many haircuts named after him that he. That's how he got Saturday Night Live. Speaking of Saturday Night Live, call me. I got stories about Saturday Night Live. I've told them on the show. Go back and listen to old episodes uh, if you want. Who knows? You guys have any uh, other thoughts about Nicolas Cage and what he could... He, they didn't even mention Ghost Rider or Ghost Rider 2. They skipped over a lot of Nick Cage movies, mentioning him in the movie The Unbearable Weight of Master Talent. But I do think that the relationship between Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal in that movie is so funny and so stupid. I just, I just really just genuinely enjoyed that little relationship that they had. And of course, they have a little bit of a uh, drug odyssey in the middle of the movie, and you're just like, this is hilarious. This is hilarious. What are you guys up to this weekend? You got any fun plans? Are you going to do anything fun? You got any uh, fun plans? Chiroptero says, I feel like he was born 45-year-old father. Yeah, he was born 45-year-old father. You talking about Tracy Morgan? Is there several? Is it Cheryl? Is it Cheryl? Is it Tracy Morgan? Is it Cheryl? Yeah. Um. I want to say some things that Tracy Morgan says, but it, it would seem weird coming out of my face. Skyraptor says, I've never seen him look or behave any younger than that. Yeah. That's Tracy Morgan. Is it Cheryl? Yeah. It's a drop. Is it Cheryl? What? <laughs> what? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Yeah. Oh, welcome to the show. Jadella19 says, I'm going to see the Northmen tomorrow. That's right. That's amazing. The Northmen. Wow. That's a cool one. You know what I'm excited about, the Northmen? Oh, I can't wait to see that. You know what I like about that movie? It's like, oh, look at all these white people being primal, you know? <laughs> we never see that, do we? <laughs> Maybe we don't. I don't know. I do like Viking stuff, though. Sign me up for the Vikings fighting. You know what I mean? All the Vikings fighting. Bjork is in it. Bjork is in this movie. It's amazing. It's a movie about Vikings. Very simple story. Guy kills this dude's parents. He says, I'm going to grow up and kill you back. Uh, but Bjork is in it. It's about Vikings. Of course, you've got uh, Skarsgårds in it. You got to have... You make a movie about Vikings. Skarsgårds got to be in it. And there's no way you can have Bjork. Listen, she's an actor sometimes. Every 10 years, she does one movie. And it's always interesting. Because she's Bjork. And 
Uh, Janelle in 19 says, I'm just glad Tracy Morgan recovered fully from that truck accident. I am too. He does have a little bit of some intellectual... Um, um, slow, like not, like not slow, but like sometimes he says it's hard to recall, recall words in the moment. And uh, the dude, his friend died. His friend Jimmy died in that incident, though, which was horrible. And he, and every he just gets all broken up about it whenever he talks about. It. He can't he can't even talk about it. It's very sad. Um, but his best friend Jimmy it was like a comedian that he was on tour with. That was a horrible, horrible accident. Tracy Morgan was awarded like a hundred million dollars. Or something like that by Walmart because Walmart was overworking their drivers and this driver that crashed into the back of Tracy Morgan's um, was it like a shuttle a sprinter van crashed into the back of that um, the, the driver was sleeping and it was basically negligence on Walmart's part for overworking truck drivers and a couple weeks ago on last week tonight they were talking about how truck drivers are overworked so you gotta you gotta check that out Chiroptera uh, says, this weekend I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Oh my God. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> You're going to steal. Oh, I have, actually have a. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Here it is. It's a riddle. That's Nick Cage right there. It's a riddle. <laughs> it's a riddle. That's Nick Cage right there. I got a sound of. So, Chiroptera, when you said that, that makes me think of the movie National Treasure, obviously. They didn't even mention National... Well, they did mention National Treasure. They said, what are the greatest... What's your favorite movie ever? And the super fan's like, uh, uh, National... It's got to be National Treasure or something like that. It's a riddle. So in, in that movie, I never watched fully National Treasure. I turned it off at about 11 minutes and 14 seconds. You know why? Because in that movie... They're going on this expedition. They're trying to make it like this the beginning of Indiana Jones, like this. You know, they're trying to make it like that. So, one more time. They're, this is the National Treasure. I don't think makes any bones about the fact that it's copying this. Indiana Jones. So in the movie, they go on this expedition. They find a scroll. And written on the scroll is a riddle. I know that this might not strike anyone else's absurd, but for me, I had to stop the movie right then and there because he opens the scroll and he reads, he's like, he smashes the thing open, pulls the scroll out and he says, uh, uh, roses are red, violets are blue, go walk 10 paces right behind you or something like that. I don't know what it was. But then he looks up at everybody after reading this rhyme scheme aloud to everybody, he looks up, Nicolas Cage, I mean, Looks at his co his co-stars, one of them being Sean Bean. I don't know if he died right then and there, but Sean Bean was standing there. It's a riddle. That's what he said. He goes like this. Uh, he reads a riddle and then says... It's a riddle. Good, thank you. Which is also... My experts tell me it's a pyramid. Good. I'm Uncle Ron. Welcome to the show. Let's play your intro. Here it is. My most likable song ever. Coca-Cola, lipstick ring, go dance all night, dance all night. Kiss me, just kiss me, kiss me, Nephrodite. Lipstick, kiss me, lipstick ring, oh, that's the way you like it. This is your most likable song ever? Yeah. People will love it. Yeah, yeah. 
Still got to add that sound effect. I'm Uncle Ron. I'm Uncle Ron says about The Northman, I'm pretty sure this movie is going to be way more cerebral than people think. It is the guy who did The Witch and The Lighthouse. I did hear about that. I was hanging out with my friend Lee Boxlighter. Shout out to Lee Boxlighter. I was hanging out with him last weekend, and uh, we were watching the trailer for The Northman, and we were like, get all sucked. We got to go see this movie. Look at this movie. You got scars guards. They're covered in mud. He's, he catches a spear, and he throws it back. Well, come on. I got to watch that. It's got Bjork in it. She's probably saying stuff like, I am running, but I don't have legs. You know, she says like her rhyme schemes. She's like, I see everything, but it is dark out. You know, she's like, oh, you're challenging my brain with your lyrics, Bjork. But yeah, she's in that. The witch was good. Black Phillip and all that. The witch had, of course, Anya Taylor-Joy. She is a revelation. If you don't know who she is, go watch The Queen's Gambit. And then she's going to be in Furiosa, the, the movie that's connected to the Mad Max world. But the Mad Max world is also disjointed on purpose. So you're pretty sure. You followed Lee on TikTok. Well, good thing you did that. Lee is right now. He is with his girlfriend in San Francisco Bay Area. Who's, she's also a TikToker, TikToker, so follow her. And Lee, if you're watching, don't leave. Don't leave L.A. Don't leave L.A. All right, he's going to leave L.A. Uh, Northman is an army of Bjork, yeah, army of me. But yeah, it's a... Uh, it's a good, it looks like really good. It looks like it's going to be good. Clearly the uh, the director knows what they're doing. And uh, it looks fun. The photography looks amazing. Also, yeah, it's just a relatable storyline right away. You killed my parents, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father, prepare to die. This is really simple, simple stuff. Uh, this is my Batman cup I got one after I watched The Sound of Music. Um, what are you, uh, what are you, uh, what else are you excited to see? What other movies do you think? Hey, Ron, do you think that Nick Cage is overrated or what? Overrated, underrated, properly rated? We got Chiroptera says that Nick Cage, you know, he's rated. He's just rated. I think that that's a, that's a really important question that we should all really consider and meditate on. Do, is Nick, Nicholas Cage, what is your favorite Nick Cage movie? What is your favorite Nick Cage movie? Mine? Probably Raising Arizona. Adaptation's pretty good. Um, I think my, my mom likes Moonstruck. Moonstruck's pretty good. Let's look at his list of movies. His litany of movies. Nick Cage movies. I don't know. I didn't really care for... Uh, I like the way Face Off was, looks. I do have a Discord server. Here. Just come on to the Discord server. Normally you have to subscribe. But I'm feeling generous. It's Friday. It's Freaky Fridays. We just invite people. If you come and watch the show on Friday, you're going to get an invite. Here's the invite. There you go. You all can just join the Discord server and hang out and chat and talk to each other and talk to one another about Nick Cage movies. What's the best Nick Cage movie? I didn't see the National Treasure movies. I stopped as soon as, soon as he said this. It's a riddle. Thank you, Nick Cage. Uh, you know what else, Nick Cage? My experts tell me it's a pyramid. I'm just going to go over this again because I would really like to popularize this soundbite that I, I've cherry-picked. My friend sent it to me, actually. My experts tell me it's a pyramid. 
because I always make fun of this. This is from the movie Alien vs. Predator, okay? Waylon Bishop. My experts tell me it's a pyramid. The guy saying that, played by um, Lance Henriksen. My experts tell me it's a pyramid. He comes out, and there's all these, like, high-level, multi-degreed experts, right? There's, there's like, these... He, he handpicked a special crack team to to try to research this discovery that they have found underneath the ice in the Arctic, right? And there's a 3D model of it. There's a 3D model of, a, of an object that is triangular with like a flat bottom, right? It's a 3D object, triangular with a flat bottom. That's not, not to be confused with the Queen song, Fat Bottom Girls. It is a flat-bottomed pyramid. It is shape. If you know geometry, a pyramid, if I'm not mistaken, is an is a shape. It's a three-dimensional shape. So when you hire a bunch of multi-high-level degree experts who are all geniuses in their field, and you show them a 3D picture of a pyramid, and you want to build up a real big gravitas moment, but you're a terrible movie writer... You write this line and you have Lance Henriksen say it. My experts tell me it's a pyramid. Those are some experts. They really can tell their shapes. My experts tell me it's a pyramid. Hey, everybody. My experts tell me it's a circle. My experts tell me it's a pyramid. It's a riddle. All right. Well, thank you. My experts tell me it's a short cylinder. My experts are highly paid. Not as much as Nick Cage, though. It's a riddle. Ah, thank you, Sir Subig. Big Bobo321. Very interesting difference between one with Mr. Cage and the original. Oh, the Wicker Man goes pretty hard, says Karaptera. Uh, not the bees. Not the bees. There is a Wicker Man reference. There's a Wicker Man reference in this movie. Let's look at some Nick Cage movies. I didn't really care for... I thought Con Air was pretty okay. I thought it was pretty funny that Dave Chappelle plays the corpsicle that falls from the sky. Dave Chappelle. The none other than Dave Chappelle. He gets to be the guy, the black guy who gets killed in that movie. Mandy. Maybe my favorite. Mandy was incredible. Um, Nick Cage is in a... A ton of movies, because he he will work for Jolly Ranchers and a handful of M and M's. Snowden, he was in Snowden. Stolen. I don't remember that. Knowing, I saw Knowing. That was dumb. Oh, remember Nick of Time? Wait, no, he, he wasn't that. That was Johnny Depp. We'll talk about Johnny Depp yesterday. Um, what was the one next? That's the one. Remember next? He could see all of the possible futures. That was based on a Philip K. Dick thing i think story next vengeance the trust wow ghost rider bad lieutenant the funny thing here's the phenomenon here's the thing about nick cage uh i'm algaron says that mine is between mandy and leaving las vegas those are two excellent films mandy is a masterpiece but here's a funny thing about nicholas cage i always say this nicholas cage is a brussels sprout he could be good he could be terrible. Depends on how you prepare him. 
Depends on how well he is prepared. Nicholas Cage could be used uh, in a good way, or he could use in a bad. He's like Coriander. You know what I mean? He's like cilantro. Some people hate him. Some people love him. I don't know. I just say he's a Brussels sprout. He could be good or he could be bad. It depends on how he is used. Uh, gone in 60 seconds. That's pretty cool. The Rock. Everybody, The Rock. Let's go back to The Rock, okay? The only, the only, yep, the only Michael Bay movie that I actually thought was okay. Because I was, I was five. I was five years old when I saw The Rock. And when in The Rock, it just, it's, it looks like a car commercial. Every shot is like, whoa, we're going inside. Every shot. They're like, whoa, look at us. We're infiltrating Alcatraz. Every shot of that movie. Every shot of the movie, the camera's just spinning around. I threw up. I was five. Felt like I was on the Gravitron. Jiu-Jitsu. Color of space. That's just a weird statement. Raising Arizona. That might be my favorite, actually. I do like Raising Arizona. Snake Eyes. Did you guys ever see Snake Eyes by, like, Brian De Palma, I think, directed that? Let's see. Snake Eyes was a movie that had, like, an 11-minute intro. It was, like, an 11-minute intro. It was nonstop, cam thing. It was, like, the longest... It was the longest shot, continuous shot in film history. I think before that, there was uh, the movie... Um, oh, it's like Goodfellas. And there was a scene in that. I actually have a story about that shot in Goodfellas where they're walking through... If you've seen the movie Goodfellas, hey, I'm, I'm Uncle Ron has joined us in the chat. Hey, I'm Uncle Ron. Have you seen the movie Goodfellas? Of course you have. Who hasn't? The movie, I can't hear you, oh, I'm Uncle Ron. I think you're muted. I don't know why. But um, in the movie Goodfellas, there's a yeah, shot. You know what shot I'm talking about, right? The long uh, yep. tracking shot? Yep. They come in th- through the back of the restaurant. They go through, and it's like they follow them, and then they put, they, they, uh, sit them right up front at the, like the Henny Youngman show <laughs> or, and uh, in that shot my I worked with a director named Frank Renoni on a movie called And She Was it's, it's a small budget movie that you've never heard of or never seen it was in Brooklyn we spent like six weeks I was the assistant locations manager on that actually I met my girlfriend for three years at that time <laughs> for three years we dated after that but uh, that, I, that movie I went out I would have to drive the director around to the different locations. I was the assistant locations guy. And I'd drive him around, and he would tell me stories about stuff. He would sit there and tell me about how... When he was younger, Frank Renoni was younger, he used to write to Martin Scorsese. Now, Martin Scorsese directed the movie Goodfellas. He used to write letters to him and tell Martin Scorsese how that... Uh, he's like, hey, Marty, I, I know that you love gladiatorial action figures. Me too. Martin Scorsese took a liking to this kid, Frank Renoni, the director I was working with. And he said, uh, hey, kid, come to my set. He was like 14. He goes to the set of King of Comedy and meets Bad. Martin Scorsese. And he says, of course, Marty was uh, very hyperactive. Uh, he was alluding to the fact that Martin Scorsese at that time was very well known for using, uh, you know, narcotics. Right. He, said, <laughs> he said he was very hyped up. And then he said, hey, hey, who, who, who the hell are you? So Scorsese said to the kid, Frank Renoni, who showed up on set that he invited. He's like, I'm Frank. I'm Frankie. I'm the kid that you you wrote back to. 
And then he said, in that moment, Martin Scorsese pulled out a letter from his pants. And so I got your letter right here, kid. And he's like, from now on, forever. You can come to visit me on set on any movie I ever make forever. And, you know, he's like, all hopped up. So he did. So Frank Rodoni went to every movie set that Martin Scorsese was filming while he was filming and probably still does. He gets to go to the set because he's like the little kid that charmed Martin Scorsese and Martin Scorsese's like, yeah, I'm going to take you under my wing. Of course, Frank Rodoni becomes a director in his own right. But on the day he was visiting the set of Goodfellas, Martin Scorsese says, come over here, Frankie. You're going to stand right here. You're going to stand right here. This is going to be the longest tracking shot in history. You're going to be in it. <laughs> And then, of course, I'm when the rival Orson Welles in Touch of Evil, right? It might, it, it could be, it could be. So in this shot, if you notice, there's one moment, and it's a complete ad lib by uh, Ray Liotta. It's an ad lib, and this was a shot that they had to get right, and they did it over and over again. And this is the one they included in the final cut. Uh, and it was only on one take. Ray Liotta looks over at a couple, and he says, "Hey, you two! I always see you two here." He says right. that to them. That's Frank and, uh, and another extra. <laughs> so that is wow. Frank. And I, every time I watch it, I'm like, there goes Frank Rodoni, right? And he turns to the side and you can see his profile. It's 100% him. And he said, hey, I'm in that shot. And uh, I, awesome. I want to, it was pretty cool. Frank Rodoni, great, great uh, storyteller. Great. Uh, it was a great experience working on that movie. But I got to tell you, I don't know. I don't think I'm talking out of school if I say that maybe they were a little connected. You know what I mean? We, our hey, studio you never on, know. You never know. Our studio was on the East River. We was, uh... Ron, I told so, you about... I, I just... Yeah, I was I just... Told you, oh, go ahead. Go, no, I, go, I was going to say that I participated in organized crime. I believe movie. it. On that I movie. I believe it. We, let, let me tell you how. Uh, so, <laughs> real quick, another story about that movie. We were in Brooklyn, right? And we, we had to build a set in part of the office that we were working out of. This is the movie Anne She Was. And okay. there was this there was this guy named Mike, and he was the regulator, we called him. <laughs> he did everything. He was in the movie. Did he mount up? He did. He, regulators mount up. Um, he was in the movie. He did some stunt driving, and he did some intimidation. <laughs> he called me cuz, because I'm a quarter Italian. He's like, hey, cuz, come here, cuz. And we had to we had to work. He only wanted to talk to a quarter of you. He would only talk to my left leg. He mm -hmm. would sit there and say this. One time we were supposed to be filming in our office, but next door there was a lot of construction going on. You hear sawing. There's construction going on. You hear all this sawing in the background. We couldn't do anything because it's too noisy. I didn't think anything of it, but uh, at lunchtime, uh, Mike comes up to me and says, "Cuz, come come with me." Come, come over here. And I'm like, what am I doing? I don't even know what's going on. He's like, Kim, come with me. And then we go around the block. Like, right, it, was the, it was the place right next door to us. So we go around the corner. And he's like, grab this. Grab the other side of this. So we just pick, we're just picking up planks of plywood. We're just carrying these huge planks of plywood inside of our office. And I'm like, okay. Because we just built a set. I just think this is wood that we're picking up and moving into the office. After we do this for about 20 minutes, we remove all the wood from the area. Mike says to me in a very sociopathic way, he said, hey, if the people next door don't got any wood, then they can't cut anything and make noise. So I stole oh their wood. <laughs> oh, my. I, I know. I felt terrible. I'm 20 years old. 
I felt so bad. I was like, uh, did I just steal wood with Mike? <laughs> yes, you did. You know, did. Uh, when it comes to Nicolas Cage movies, yes. okay, everyone Back is forgetting a very important one. What's that? The one that without, we would not have Edgar Wright. Which one Raising is that? Arizona. That's the one I say over and over again. Is that, That's my favorite one. Raising Arizona is incredible. Uh, how did that? How does that have to do with Edgar Wright? Because that was his most influential movie. Yeah, that's what he saw that, and he was just like super influenced by it. Oh my God, me too. I can tell you the story of that when I saw it. I remember it was a summer day. I used to go in my pool all day, and one morning I woke up, went in the pool, came inside. It was like 10 a.m. Raising Arizona just starts. It's on HBO, you know. And HBO back in the day would show the movie like three times a day or whatever. And um, I just immediately was captivated with the turn of the rot and the whole intro is just pulls, sucks you in. I watched the whole movie in one sitting, went back in the pool that afternoon uh, or that evening. It came back on HBO and I had to watch it all over again. The same thing with the, another Coen Brothers movie, which was uh, Fargo. I rented it and I watched it four times in one day. I uh, actually prefer the show to the movie. Fargo is pretty, the show's pretty good, but I got up to season three. What's the season with you and McGregor? That's season three. Yeah. Mm. Couldn't do it. Yeah, well, well, I didn't hate it, but it was a good kind of like palate cleanser from dealing with the the whole family drama in the first two seasons. Um, but right. then in, but you did get in season two, you did get Bruce Campbell as Ronald Reagan. Oh, so, that's right. That's right. Yeah, but uh, season four was with Chris Rock. It was yes, the, was the Italians versus the African-American gang. Yes, that was a really good season, actually. I really enjoyed that. And also, is that the and one I love with how the it nurse? all ties together. Yeah, yes. with the one with the nurse, yeah. And I love how it all ties together. Like, there's that killer in, in season two, and it turns out that it's Chris Rock's kid from from season four. And it's just, you got you have to watch it all for everything to make sense. Yeah, that's the cool thing. It's all, and that's the whole ethos of the movie, the original movie Fargo, that it's it's all this weirdly connected tangential stuff that doesn't even take place in Fargo, actually. <laughs> Mostly Brainerd. Um, Studio 8H has joined us, and they say Wild at Heart, Matchstick Men, Cage is great. Oh, Wild at Heart. How can we forget? Is that a David Lynch movie? Is that a David I think Lynch so. movie? Oh, good golly. That is a very good observation. Let's play. Studio 8H's intro. Live from LA, it's AFT. Starring Isles Will, Kendrick, Leonolita, OCW 5000, 420 Artists, Raccoon Raiders, and now. Producing Studio 8H. Every time Studio 8H gets squashed. Well, I'm a grown. What are, what are you up to? What uh, what other Nick Cage's uh, movie? Are you going to go see that movie this weekend? Uh, probably not this weekend. I have a bunch of stuff. My only day off is tomorrow, and I have a bunch of stuff I have to do. But uh, I do have the birthday weekend coming up, so we'll see what happens. The big birthday weekend for I'm Uncle Ron. Check out I'm Uncle Ron on Twitch at I'm Uncle Ron. I'm going to um, be old. You're going to be old? What does that make me? Well, older. 
<laughs> well, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be 43. So just get really? my AARP card. Yeah. Yeah, we'll hand it out to you. We'll send it in the mail. Yes. I still um, I get them now, which is scary. What what are you uh what are you gonna do for your birthday show? Well, my my uh, I don't know if I'm gonna be doing a show or not because I have uh, I have a party on the 30th because my birthday's on the first. And then the first I might stream, but I don't know what's going on. My dad wants to go see the Northman. It was great. Yeah. He's like, hey, let's go out for lunch on your birth for your birthday, and we'll go see a movie, and I'll pay. I'm like, awesome. He's like, I want to go see the Northman. I'm like, you do realize it's my birthday, and you're picking the movie. <laughs> Not that well, I have a problem with it. Yeah. At least he picked a but movie that you he, also wanted to see. Right. But I, the thing is, is I think he expects us to be like this big violent kind of what have you kind of like vikings but it's yeah. going to end up being more like super trippy. cerebral and in trippy and he's not i'll be really into it and he'll be like huh oh gotcha yeah it does the... i'll just tell him to smoke up before he'll and he won't have a problem with that if i tell him to do that he'll be like okay I'm, I'm sure it'll be a great experience that way uh, i mean it looks amazing the visuals alone in that movie just looks shot so well and there's such compelling quick little cuts in those i mean you got willem dafoe looking all crazy and and ethan, ethan hawk Hawk. ethan hawk is in it and and Nicole harrow, Kidman. harrow himself is he plays who harrow on harrow? moon knight Oh, Moon Knight, that's right, yes. I still have to see episode four of Moon Knight. I tried to watch it it's, on this show. Uh, yeah, I'll just say that. It's, mm -hmm. it's yeah. yeah. I, I, I can't talk about it without spoiling it, so I'm not going to talk about it at all. Fair enough. Uh, I think that the, the Moon Knight is, there's a lot of stuff that they're trying to get you to latch on to. I, I don't really know the comics for Moon Knight. I do, kind of. But I'm feeling like they're like, they're trying to switch it up a lot. And they're seeing how much you can handle as far as an audience. Um, Noel Dreyer True says The Rock was awesome in it. Even though it was Sean Connery's movie, he was great in that too. I agree. The Rock was awesome. Uh, have, you have, heard the, have you ever heard the, 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 the fan theory that makes a lot of sense? That that about uh, I, is 007? Yes. Tell us, remind us that fan theory about The Rock, Sean Connery's well, Basically, if you're yeah, if you're a an operative within the CIA or MI6 or whatever, they're not going to come get you out of prison because that would mean that they know what you're doing and that would mm. make them be, you know, so and at, there's certain points in in Bond's career where there's big hunks between movies when Connery was doing it. So he could have spent time in jail. Cause remember they talk about how he escaped before, you know, yes. and things like that. So there's a lot of things that kind of point to Connery's character in the rock being, um, bond, which that, would make a lot of sense. That's pretty cool. Actually. Um, I think that that I'm down with that to be actual canon. Oh, that's cool. I would think that that's I'll, pretty cool. I'll find the video and I'll I'll post it in in the Discord. Post that on in the Discord, uh, maybe like cool story or or wherever. That would be good. That would be good to review. I do like those videos. Is it a YouTube video? Yeah. Yeah. There's some yeah. really cool fan theories out there, and it's interesting because there's a lot of wagging the dog in Hollywood now. A lot of fan theories get confirmed, 
through stories now in movies and TV shows, they'll start to like acknowledge them and say, Hey, the fans are really coming up with more interesting connections and ideas than a lot of these writers are paying. Well, they also, we, we also forgot about a new movie that he's going to be in. He's Tom playing Kyle? Dracula in the Renfield movie. Uh, no, I'm talking about uh, Nick Cage. Nick Cage, he's going to play Dracula? That's a good... I can't wait to see that. It's oh. going to be messed up. I'm going to eat your blood. I'm going to eat your blood. I could eat a peach <laughs> for hours. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's right. That is a direct Nick Cage quote. Uh, Face I, I Off, liked... that's another good one. That is pretty good. I'm not like a fanatic about Face Off. I remember the scene with the somewhere over the rainbow slow motion gunfight. And I was like, okay, this is the most John Woo it's going to get uh, for me yeah. in this movie. But yeah, it was kind of interesting, weird movie. I did see it a lot. Actually, I was working at a movie theater when both of those movies, Con Air and Face Off came the same summer. So, <laughs> so I was watching all, both of those movies on my break every day for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's another one, uh, Mom and Dad, with um, Selma Blair, where there's a weird virus that makes it so parents want to kill their kids, and he's one of the parents. Sounds sounds evil. It's Nick, it's Nick Cage. It is Nick Cageiest. Do you think he, he can pull off evil? Because there's people like, I would say, Kevin Bacon, right? Kevin Bacon can be super-duper, she's having a baby nice guy, or... He could be super duper sleepers, evil guy you want to kill immediately. Or he could right. be like cool guy, tremors. You know, like there's right. certain. Oh, and real quick, Studio 8H, it's not a movie. It's a new series. Oh, let's see. May 13th. Because uh, Studio 8H, that's holy crap. I just saw that there's a Kids in the Hall movie coming to Prime. Ooh, it's a new series for the, all Kids in the Hall? Yes. The uh -huh. OG? Uh huh. Well, sign me up. <laughs> Yep, yep. And hey, there's unlike hey. the, the characters from Brain Candy are showing up in it. So is Paul Bellini gonna be there? Because I don't know. <laughs> least... He might he might be too busy forming a, a, a gay fronted punk band with Scott Thompson. <laughs> the, Bellini better be standing off to the side wearing a towel. That's that that's great. what I'm I would hope for. And also, how many Helens approve that message? Thirty. <laughs> Thirty Helens agree. Oh, boy. But, you know, there's two Daves. These are the Daves I know I know, at least. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. My favorite sketch is when they um, – uh, uh, Dave is standing there in a suit. It's early in this in the series, and he says uh, – he goes, um, so, uh, you know, nobody would expect this really from a comedy troupe, but we have a uh, – we'd like to you – know, we, we, while we were, you know, rehearsing, we, we discovered a cure for cancer. Or the cause of cancer, <laughs> and uh, and they're like, so uh, if you give me a second, uh, why don't you, uh, uh, Bruce McCullough, everybody, why don't you come on out here, Bruce? And Bruce comes Bruce out, and he's like, right. really fighting, yeah, really fighting like things to say. And he goes, "I'm sorry, I caused all that cancer." <laughs> and it's like, is that all you got to say? Sorry, oh. I caused all that cancer. <laughs> Oh boy, those guys are great. Those guys are great. I mean, they're the Mo the Canadian Monty Python of the, the late '80s or in the early '90s. They are. Yeah. Well, I have wow. to run off. I will talk to you later. Thank you for joining us. I'm Uncle Ron. Bye. 
Well, that's there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's uh, we got the kids in the hall. New series coming to Amazon Prime. I can't wait to watch that. Thank you for reminding us. Studio 8H, Lauren Michaels is raking in the dough. Lauren Michaels has been able to produce. He even produces. Is Portlandia still on? Because just think about all of these sketch comedy uh, legacies that Lauren Michaels has created. Incredible. Saturday Night Live, The Kids in the Hall, Portlandia, you name it. He's pro- Oh, McGruber. That's a new show coming out. Is it out yet? Is uh, Ryan Phillippe in it? The River Wild with Kevin Bacon. Oh, right. The River Wild. That was a good one. Remember the one? What's the one? The River Wild. Oh, my God. That was good. That just got John C. Riley, Kevin Bacon. Meryl Streep, I think, is in that movie. Yeah, we're now we're talking about Kevin Bacon movies. Let me see how many degrees of Kevin Bacon I am. Uh, I was in. Let's see. <laughs> how many Kevin Bacons does it take? Oh, I'm in a movie with Kevin Spacey. I'm probably sure Kevin Spacey's in the movie with Kevin Bacon, I'm sure. Listen, Kevin Spacey was, when he was alive, uh, was a good actor. Ryan is in it. Oh, Ryan Philippe, Philippe, Philippe is in it. This has been a great discussion, a lively discussion about Nick Cage and whether or not he's overrated. If he is overrated, then... Uh, let me know if he is overrated. I think he's okay. I think he's pretty good. I think he's pretty good. It depends on the movie. It depends on... He never really ruins the movie for me, but he does have some things where you're like, wow, that's an interesting choice that he chose to do in this scene, but he always commits. You got to hand it to Nick Cage because he always commits. There's a scene in the movie Mandy where, I mean, most horrific possible thing happens to him and you see his reaction to it, and it's as appropriate. It's as a, it's one take, and it's about three minutes long, and it's the most imp- appropriate reaction for what had happened in the scene before. So I recommend the movie Mandy if you like terrifying, horrible movies that are trippy as as anything, and and just good, just masterpiece, masterful. It can happen to you and the family, man. It can happen to you. Kevin Bacon or Nick Cage. I'm confused. Could you imagine the two of them in a movie? I'm sure they are in a movie. I think there is a website where you can just enter your name and it'll tell you how close to Kevin Bacon you are. I'll leave you with this. I was in New York City one time, Manhattan. I was doing... I was. It was on the movie, and she was. I was. Work, I was doing assistant locations, and I was hanging out with one of the locations guys, Joe. Every day, Joe had a new car, a really expensive car, and he said, "Well, he just rents them." It was. It was. It was weird. I'm like, Joe, where did you get this car? Where did you get this Bentley? And he'd be like, you know. The next day, he'd have like a Ferrari, and we'd be parked on the street. And I'm like, Joe, where did you get this Ferrari? <laughs> And he'd be like, you know, so it was weird. It was weird. Uh, so we're sitting in the car one time in Manhattan, the Upper West Side. I don't want to give away Kevin Bacon's locale, but I do believe he owns a brownstone walk-up. Uh, you know, when I'm that part of town, he's just walking down the street. There go Kevin Bacon, and then Joe goes, "Hey, Kevin, Kevin, love your work." And Kevin goes, "Thank you." 
That's my Kevin Bacon story. Apparently, he gives out directions to tourists all the time. Thank you. Seems like a pretty good guy. I follow him on Instagram. He's such a, he's such like a, he's like an innocent kind of geek. <laughs> he tries to be cool, but, you know, who doesn't? Follow Kevin Bacon is what we're trying to say. Anyway, Joe in the cars. I got one more story about Joe and his very expensive high-end cars that he always had. Um, we also worked together on the movie before, and it was called L.I.E. And that movie has Paul Dano in it. Paul Dano. He plays the Riddler. Paul Dano was a little kid. Little kid, like 14, 15 years old. He's in the movie. He's the star of the movie L.I.E. Uh, we're at a party. We had wrapped eight hours before that. We had like a 14-hour final day wrap day on set filming the movie L.I.E. Then we all went back to the Comac Motor Inn in Comac, Long Island, and hung out until 8 in the morning. Hung out all night long, like Lionel Richie sings. And uh, I'm just hanging out with my friend uh, Liz. We're just hanging out in the hotel room, just shooting the breeze. And uh, Paul, Paul Dano, runs in and is like, Aristotle! He starts shaking me. Aristotle, you got to try You got to sit in Joe's car. You got to sit in Joe's car. It's so cool. Aristotle, sit, come here. Come here. And then he, I'm like, what is it? What's going on? He's like, sit down in the seat. It's so cool. Just sit down in this car. It's amazing. So I sat down in this very high-end, expensive car. It was a Viper. This was a Viper. So I sat there. I was like, oh, this is pretty. And, and as, as soon as I started saying that, it said Viper armed. And then I started getting electrocuted. So this car had a security system that electrocutes anybody trying to steal the car. And uh, Joe and half the crew were standing outside the car watching me get electrocuted. And they're all laughing while I'm getting electrocuted. It felt like I was getting hit in the back of my legs with a baseball bat over and over again. Hilarious. So then they opened the car. Paul's like, we all did it. We all did it, man. We all did it. Uh, isn't that how fun is that? I'm going to do it again. And he jumped in and did it again. Thank you. That's my story about getting electrocuted by Paul Dano. <laughs> my life is weird. I love it. Thank you for joining me every day with it, and I can share these stories with you. Uh, <laughs> I got electrocuted by Paul Dano. I don't know. I don't say Dano because I always said Dano when I, when I was working with him. But um, Paul Franklin Dano, by the way. He had three names back then. But anyway, he's a cool kid. I still think of him as a kid. And uh, if you see him, tell him I said hi. And I still remember getting electrocuted by that viper. Paul. What did we learn today? We learned that Nicolas Cage is like a Brussels sprout. He can be either good or terrible, depending on how he's used. We learned that there's going to be a new Kids in the Hall special or TV series, which is why hasn't there just been the Kids in the Hall this entire time like Saturday Night Live? I love that one of the Kids in the Hall was on Saturday Night Live for several seasons, because why not? I love that Janine Garofalo was on Saturday Night Live. That was pretty cool. Noel Dreyer said, It Could Happen to You is where Nicolas Cage plays a cop that gives a waitress a $2 million trip to New York. 
two million dollar trip? That sounds like a a two million dollar tip. <laughs> I was like, two million dollar trip to New York sounds like JetBlue. Anyway, yeah, I would like, I would, I wouldn't mind getting a tip like that. Just the tip, though. Hey, everybody! Oh. <laughs> But yeah, we learned that Nick, Nicolas Cage is uh, an actor. And he's out of work in a movie. He's working in a movie where he plays an actor who's out of work. And that's what you gotta do. That's basically the show. Nicolas Cage's latest movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, is about him not being able to work, so he makes his own movie. Me? I'm not working, so I made my own show. Here, here it is. We're, uh, and here you are. I made my own show. So please, find it in your wallet to uh, help support this show. Go on and uh, send it to patreon.com slash Aristotle Full Throttle. You could just listen to it as a podcast the next day. Hopefully this is a very soothing sound for you. My voice, I, I bass boosted it. Sounds like I'm like very white. It's mighty white of me. It's mighty very white of me. Um, so hopefully you guys can download this and listen to it as a podcast every day. I upload the podcasts the next morning. It's my ritual. It's my coffee ritual. Drink some coffee and upload a podcast. But hopefully there will be some more work coming my way. I've been fortunate enough to recently have been on the Goldbergs. If you want to watch that episode, episode 16 of this season called Downtown Boys. I'm in it. I make a brief appearance. I'm looking forward to what's next. A lot of people keep saying... They saw that clip. They're like, I saw you on the Goldbergs. That was great. I can't wait to see what's next. And I'm like, yep, me too. I can't wait to see what's next. I'm, I'm waiting for them. Wait for that call. Put the word out on the street. Eric Dottle Full Throttle. We have a good time here. We talk. We chat. We, we don't ever fight, nor do we spat. But we do scat. Do it. Thank you guys so much. You guys are wonderful. Oh, that's cool. But you don't got to take my word for it. And remember, is Nicolas Cage good or is he bad? It's a riddle. It's a riddle. It's a riddle. It'll be, it'll riddle us. It's a riddle. It's a riddle. My experts tell me it's a pyramid.